0: hi welcome to prayer house online i'm so glad to meet you here my name is forchi and i'm part of the team at the prayer house in weymouth it's great to have you with us today and if you are here for the first time a special welcome to you in a few moments we're going to be listening to one of our sermons from a sunday meeting we've had recently We've been doing this series called kingdom culture and looking at the early church in the book of acts and picking up some of the things that we can learn from them today we have paul white speaking to us on kingdom culture of devotion and what that looks like for us so we hope that this is a blessing to you if you want to know more about the prayer house and what we're up to please to visit our website prayerhouse.uk You can also follow us on social media. That's Facebook and Instagram. Just look up Prayer House Weymouth and you should be able to find us. That's Prayer House Weymouth. If you'd like to get in touch with us to say hi or drop us a message, you can do that by direct messaging us either on our website or social media or you could also email connect at prayerhouse.uk. That's connect at prayerhouse.uk. We hope this is a blessing to you. If you'd like to support the work of prayer house and prayer house online, and you enjoy listening to these things online, whether you attend prayer house or not, you can do that financially by going to prayerhouse.uk forward slash give. It's prayerhouse.uk forward slash give. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this opportunity where we get to connect and listen to your word. Father, we pray that this word really inspires us It helps us to further our walk with you and our life together as church. Father, I pray for everyone listening that this would be a life-changing moment. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
1: That was really interesting to think about cultures because culture is something that we grow up in and we're probably fairly unaware of it. We're not usually very critical of our culture, certainly initially until something maybe happens that changes our perspective of it and uh, if you were a microbiologist any microbiologists here not going to say too much Uh, if, if you were you wanted to find out what a particular infection was in somebody's body you could maybe take a sample and grow a culture in a petri dish and you'd be able to see what the organism was that was causing the problem and so on so we use the term and a culture is something that grows up and has a sort of set of characteristics that are discernible it would be easier for somebody walking in here from outside who didn't know us to gauge our culture than it is for us to gauge it ourselves often so it's really nice when people come in and they say oh really sense this culture of worship or it's a real sense of the presence of god and that kind of thing that's really nice because it's helpful to get someone from outside's perspective because when we're in it all the time we can lose a bit of track of what's going on and what's distinctive about it we were in the office the other day and a lady walked in and sat down and had a cup of tea with us and she said gosh it feels really serene in here (laughs) well there you go that's nice um but anyway we are we're talking about kingdom culture and the if we think about where it all originates it starts from jesus himself calling together 12 disciples and he called them initially to be with him and they were with him for 24-7 pretty much, for three years, weren't they? And in that time, he cultivated a culture among them, and he began to teach and demonstrate. And obviously, they had lots and lots and lots of conversations that are not recorded as they walked along the roads and slept out under the stars, whatever they did. And so Jesus was very intentionally establishing a culture within his band of merry men. And um, then at a certain point in that journey, he designated them apostles. We know as well that an apostle was a term used by the Greeks and Romans and so on to, to speak of somebody who was like an envoy who was sent out from a kingdom or a king to establish the culture of that kingdom somewhere else, away from its, <clears throat> to extend their boundaries, really, and to keep the culture consistent. And so I, I am fascinated, and I've been kind of dancing around this particular little story in Acts chapter 3 um, for a little while. And so if you want to turn with me to have a look at it, the story is going to be really familiar to many of us. We have the story of Peter and John. It's chapter 3, verse 1. It says, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a man lame from birth was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, <clears throat> that is called the beautiful gate, to ask for alms of those entering the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. So that's like, we don't use that word really, do we? But it's kind of money to help you if you're poor. And Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up. And immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God and recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple asking for alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Now, when I've read this story, and I've known it since childhood, since going to Sunday school and so on, I've always thought, what an amazing story. I would love to see that happen. I would love it if that was something that was just kind of part of my normal working week. And it would be Just awesome, Um, but when you take a look at it, and you realise that this is not an incident that happens in isolation, but it's part of a story that's unfolding throughout the Book of Acts, and if you zoom back into the previous chapter, at verse forty-two of chapter two, it says it describes the believers. And how they are together and what's going on among them as an early church. So this is the church that became a church following on from the day of Pentecost. And Jesus had gone up into heaven and left them behind. And then he said, you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And they then had an amazing experience when the Holy Spirit came. But then they settled into a kind of rhythm of life. And a culture, I guess, developed among them. And this is a little paragraph which describes the culture that these guys are from. It says, and they devoted themselves, so this is Acts chapter 2, verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers, and all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. So this is going on in this culture of these, these this early church. There were many signs and wonders being done. So many miraculous things are happening pretty much frequently. Verse 44, and it says, All who believed were together and had all things in common is like a kind of is like the hive or the nest which peter and john have come out of this is the kind of family culture that they are steeped in and so now as they've come out and they're just doing one of their prayers because they devoted themselves to the prayers so it would seem that they were still frequenting the temple at the times of prayer and but they came from this environment into the kind of structural religious culture of the nation. And there's this beggar who's there deriving an income from being regularly placed in the same spot and getting, a, I guess, a reasonable income. And for them, this is not their first rodeo. They are, they are seeing God move frequently and often and they're in an environment that is cultivating and kind of developing um, this culture of the supernatural. But there are many other things going on as well. Verse 42, it says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. If we think about devotion, what do we think of? If we talk about a dog that is devoted to its master or owner, we think of a particular kind of thing don't we we think of this faithful dog that follows and responds and think of a devoted husband or wife we have a certain impression of that don't we and what the the greek word here it just means to continually give yourself to doing something to really not just passively do it but to really actively engage with it and kind of keep pursuing it and keep doing it frequently and so these guys were not mildly interested in this they were devoted to it they weren't just well I'll see if I've got anything else on and maybe I'll come if I can or oh yeah well yeah yeah um it's Downton Abbey on telly or whatever it is it's a kind of like oh well this is normally my time I do these guys are devoted to showing up to not just hear the apostles' teaching, but to become kind of part of that culture. So they are wanting themselves to be cultivated by the culture that the apostles have had from Jesus. Remember, we said that these apostles have been with Jesus for three years, day in, day out. Peter, let's look in in 2 Peter. You have to jump around a bit with me, sorry. 2 Peter He's writing his second letter, and he says, For we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. So Peter is so conscious that he's been entrusted with this responsibility to pass on a culture that he has received not just a pile of information, but he is actually an eyewitness of his majesty. The coming and power of our Lord Jesus Christ. When Paul talks to the Corinthians, he says, When I came to you, I didn't come to you with wise and persuasive words, that your, your faith would rest on men's wisdom, but I came to you with demonstrations. In fact, I came to you weakness and trembling and fear, but with demonstrations of the Spirit's power. He says, I resolved to know nothing while I was among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And so these guys have got this really powerful sense of mandate from Jesus to establish culture. And this bunch of Christians in this kind of newly formed church are devoted. So. Peter, James, John, the early apostles, they, Jesus said, follow me. And they committed themselves for three years to follow him. There's no discussion about an exit strategy. There's no discussion about how this works out and what our pension's going to be like and, you know, is there health insurance for my family or any of those things. But they just, respond to that invitation, and then for those three years, they are devoted to Jesus. And now, this early church is devoted to the teachings of the apostles, to the apostles' teaching, and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Fellowship is more than just belonging to a kind of fraternity or a little club or something. Fellowship is where Jesus says, where two or three of you are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst of you. Last week when we had the table out here and we did the Lord's Supper, we did Holy Communion, didn't we? We gathered round Jesus. And as we partook of the bread and wine, somehow God Jesus himself becomes part of us in this room together and is with us. And our fellowship is with each other, but also with him. You remember the first day we spoke about kingdom culture? I said that God has got designs on your body. Do you remember that? And actually, your body, the Apostle Paul says, is a temple of the Holy Spirit. And so this body that I live in now, when I am engaging with you and you're engaging with me, there is somebody else involved in that conversation, and that's called the Holy Spirit. So that Holy Spirit is part of our fellowship and is part of what makes us feel like we're one, we're together, there's something more than just a kind of casual friendship that brings us together. So when these guys, what are these guys devoted to? They're devoted to the apostles' teaching, but also to the fellowship. So when they came together, there was a an excitement. There's a sense when we worship together, isn't there? When we pray together, there's something bigger than just what happens when we're on our own, isn't there? There's something of a kind of we, we kind of feel like we're somehow connected with God's, God's huge family in some invisible way, God's huge family around the world. And so they broke bread together. They prayed together. They went to the temple and prayed. And verse 43, it says, all came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And then it describes their lifestyle. It said, all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing their proceeds to all as any had need. And so um, they, they saw these miraculous things happening. They were in an environment where they were constantly talking about the power of Jesus, the things they'd seen Jesus do. They were now seeing this miraculous lifestyle spreading out among the community and touching other people. And then they also had this desire to support one another and to care for each other's needs in a way that is revolutionary, isn't it? They, they sold their stuff and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And there's this sense that this is something much bigger than just a club. This is something that is powerful and is changing people's hearts because naturally speaking, we want to keep our things. And even when we lend stuff, we're kind of like, oh, don't break it, don't make sure I get it back and there's that kind of natural desire to hold on to things isn't there but somehow what's happening here among these people is god is dissolving that kind of protectiveness over our stuff and our boundaries and our things and he's making the church somehow care for each other and care for itself in the most incredible way so day by day they didn't just show up once a week Or twice a week, but day by day it seems, they gathered together, verse 46, and they ate together, they broke bread. That can mean both Holy Communion, breaking bread, and just having a meal together, both of which are great. And both can be the same. We can include Holy Communion in with just a normal meal if we put our hearts and minds in the right place. And so this is just a very, this doesn't fit. Very much with English culture, does it? Not how we do it today. And I'm not saying this is how we need to be, we, we have to exactly reproduce this. What I'm saying is these guys are responding to a move of God and their hearts are being changed and transformed and the culture they, they propagate is so revolutionary as a result. If you think... Um, I've read a really cool book, which is worth a read if you like long books. It's called Dominion by Tom Holland. And he talks about the influence of Christianity in the world. If you think about how many people there are here. So there were 3,000 people who received Jesus on the day of Pentecost. We'll say it's multiplied. Say there's six or maybe 12,000 people for the influence of this to have spread all the way around the world. And 2000 plus years on to be influencing us now and influencing governments around the world the way it has. This is profound, isn't it? And so Christianity has had this phenomenal impact around the world. But what's happened now is now we start to think about Christian values and Christian cultures and it almost sounds old fashioned and people talk about having traditional values and conservative values don't we and particularly if you listen to a lot of american preachers they talk a lot about having conservative values and equating the two with christianity actually at this time this was the new this was the most profound influence that could possibly have come into the world. And it all began with Jesus on a cross, didn't it? And rising from the dead and sending the Holy Spirit. But the culture he'd already begun those three years before, now the lid is off and it's just extending and growing. Now we're in a really odd situation now, culturally, because what we're trying to do is to rediscover the kind of the secret source of what made this so profound and so revolutionary all those years ago but the i would i would like to suggest that there's one thing that stands out for me and maybe different things stand out for you but the thing that stands out for me is in verse 42 where it says they devoted themselves See, we, we come here and rightly so, we spend this time in worship. We sing these beautiful songs which are about orientating our heart towards Jesus and changing our perspective of him, surrendering our own hearts before him. It's absolutely right. But these, these disciples, they spent their three years devoted to Jesus, didn't they? They literally followed him everywhere he went. When they were going somewhere, it was because Jesus had said they were going there. When they were waiting somewhere, it was because Jesus said we're going to wait. When they didn't go to Lazarus' house, it was because Jesus held them up. When, they, when Jesus decided it was time to preach, guess what? It's time to preach. When Jesus says we're going to feed these people, we're feeding the people. These guys were devoted to Jesus. And I would say that the single most vital ingredient for us in terms of understanding kingdom culture is devotion to Jesus. If we can even this morning, begin to comprehend just a tiny bit. And that's one of the beautiful things about worship that worship does. It helps us revisit and remember and reacquaint ourselves with the profound love of God. This love that surpasses knowledge. And it's not somebody trying to crank the handle. Because I was thinking about this a couple of days ago, and I thought, do you know what? The thought of teaching people to try a bit harder and show up a bit more and make a better effort, I just thought I feel so tired whenever I think about that. It just makes me feel tired. The the idea that somehow I've got to produce dynamism in people. And yet when when we are devoted to Jesus, the dynamism and the revolution is coming from the inside. And so the kingdom culture, it is to do with the apostles' teaching. It is to do with fellowship. All of these things are somehow a product of having discovered Jesus. So remember, the first thing we said about the kingdom culture is it begins with repentance It begins with changing our heart and changing our minds about Jesus. And then that in turn invites his power by the Holy Spirit to begin to work in our hearts and to begin to transform us. And then the cumulative effect of that, of a number of people being transformed like that, is that a culture begins to develop among us. And obviously, we need to be intentional. We need to apply ourselves to it. But it's in a kind of response to what God is doing in our hearts as well, isn't it? And, oh, wow. So, today, really, what I wanted to do was just to redirect our eyes to Jesus. And just to, for us as individuals and together, to just really to come to him and just say, Jesus, let my heart be full of devotion to you. Why don't we stand and pray and invite him to come. Lord, we welcome you in the the room today. Just begin to meet with him where you are and, and Just open your own heart up to him and say, Jesus, will you instill in me or will you awaken in me? It's a better word. That devotion to you.
2: Yeah, God. Shabbat.
1: lord as a church we cannot just keep trying to work harder and trying to do it a bit better and trying to be somehow better we need the work of your spirit in our hearts lord we're asking even now holy spirit that you come you stir up our hearts
2: hey hey yes lord yes lord jesus
1: lord individually as families as married couples as a church as small groups within the church as a church together lord we want to be so influenced by jesus that we become people who change the culture around us just by showing up. And the things that we stand for and the things that we live for would be like just demonstrated by the way we live, Lord, that our value system would be shaped by Jesus.
2: God. Yes, Lord.
1: Yes, Lord. There are many things, as we've already said, that the kingdom of heaven, the culture of the kingdom of heaven, requires to change. It requires change in us. And Lord, we ask you as well that you will do bring those changes, Lord, and help us to cooperate with you as you bring those changes into our hearts, Lord God.
2: Oh God.
1: Lord, we want to see that culture of the supernatural breaking out. We want to see that culture of miracles and healing just being, coming part of our everyday experience that we can talk about. So, as we come across people who are sick, it's not a big challenge for us to reach out our hand and say, Come on, Jesus. Touch this one like you touched.
2: The other person a couple of days ago, Lord God.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why don't you just lift your hands to Him?
2: Oh. Lord God Almighty, Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. Amen.
1: When the Jewish families took the Passover meal together, there was a custom to leave I think it developed after uh, over a period of time to leave a seat vacant at the meal and the custom was that I think the youngest member of the family would say why have we left a seat empty dad and dad would say well this is for the Messiah to come and fill the seat But for the Jewish family, there was a really strong sense of identity and they were bound together by the customs and the practices that they observed throughout the year. And when we come to the Lord's table, when we share communion and when we come here to worship and our children say, why do we do that? Dad, why do we do this? Why do we go to church? And the answer is the Messiah has come and we're coming to celebrate him and meet with him today. We go to church, not because we go to church, because we are the church and we're reconnecting with other bits of it, if you like. We're kind of reconnecting with the other members of this family. And so as we teach our children and our grandchildren, we pass these things on, we help to establish that culture that becomes so powerful. You can go to certain parts of London today and see Jewish men with their black hats on and their tassels and their black robes and they're so conscious of who they are because they've cultivated that sense of culture. They pass it on from generation to generation to generation. And there's something about showing up and being together as God's people and passing that culture on to our children. We help them to live with a sense of identity of who we are, of who they are and their context. A culture is bigger than an individual, isn't it? If it's just one individual, you may have your personal culture that you, the way you live, but it doesn't really fit as a culture. But Lord, we ask that in among us, Lord, you will help. You will grow the culture of your kingdom, Lord. You would help us to be more and more and more authentic in the way we live as your disciples, Lord. Let that become increasingly strong. Among us, Lord, let the culture of the kingdom really multiply and affect our whole town. Lord, we're not happy with just having a a great time at church. We want, just like these early disciples, we want your culture to impact our whole town, our whole community, all of our families and our loved ones. In Jesus' name.
0: Amen. Amen. Hey, thank you so much for joining us today. We hope that this was a blessing to you. If you're interested to know more about the prayer house, like I said before, you can visit our website, prayerhouse.uk. That's prayerhouse.uk. Email us at connect at prayerhouse.uk or you can send a direct message on social media as well if you'd like to join us on a sunday morning we meet at holy trinity school in weymouth and the postcode is dt49qx that's dt49qx and during the week we are at chapel hay in weymouth and you can find all these details on our website as well god bless you take care